Welcome to the Soma Soulworks Podcast. We hope here to equip, empower, and inspire a global community of creatives through rich, Christ-focused conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome again to the Soma Soulworks podcast. Today in the studio, we have Gavin. Hi. Neil. And a new face joining us, Ethan. Yeah, that's me. There it is. (laughs) My new voice. Well, not a new voice for me. I'm just the, I'm not a new face. Well, yeah, I guess he's new to you. He's had it since he was born. I went Um, to the market on Saturday and got a new voice. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about how to take reviews. And we have Ethan here because he is our head of quality assurance and has devised a whole program around that and has just been, in general, our wonderful buffer between your harsh and cruel realities um, and our (laughs) delicate little hearts. And so we're going to talk about that today. That's actually what I put on my resume. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, do you have any do you have any starting questions for like the as a kickoff point? Well, I guess we do want to talk about the technical side of, you know, as a company, how do we take and implement reviews, feedback, critiques, uh, but also just the emotional side. How do you not get a bloated head or a hurt feelings? Because I know for me, I find sometimes I really let the reviews get to me and they tell you, everyone will tell you not to do that in a creative field, but Mm. it just is sometimes really hard to separate all the blood, sweat, tears, love, and, and everything you've put into your project just to have it, you know, slandered in front of you, rightfully so at times. And it's just like, oh, but I, but I work so hard, please just be nice to me. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously we're most experienced with video game reviews. But I think this probably goes for, honestly, reviews about anything. If yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever your product is that you're producing. Uh, it's pretty It's pretty difficult to take feedback, um, whether it's phrased constructively or not. <laughs> but it's also pretty critical to take the feedback. Otherwise, you'll stagnate and never, never learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's actually something worth, you know, pointing out is like, no matter what your product will receive feedback even if you never release the product at all the feedback that you'll receive is why haven't you released it um Mm. you know like as long as anyone knows that this product exists you're gonna receive feedback and so probably one of the things that you need to take into account is well, when do you want to receive that feedback? And how much do you want to let that feedback impact your product? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I never really thought about that. I think what, before being a creator myself, I think one thing I didn't realize was how personally people will take it. Um, Mm. The creators will take it. So I, you know, I'd leave reviews or like one small thing would upset me about a review or sorry about a product that I owned and I would leave a one star review because I'm like they're just not going to even pay attention to my reviews <laughs> unless I leave a one star and so it'd be like one star this sucks I can't believe it didn't come with this thing. I think I remember getting like a game system at one point oh. in my childhood and um, this was at the time like 
Wi-Fi had pretty become you know pretty big by that point, and it was pretty common to have it in the household for everybody. I lived out in the boonies, and so my parents did not have Wi-Fi in our home. Um, and the system that I bought didn't come with like uh, you had to buy a separate adapter to mm-hmm. get Ethernet um, mm-hmm. to use it. And so I'd been like waiting weeks for this thing to show up, and I'd been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks. And this new console shows up, and I'm so excited. I unwrap it and I plug it all in and everything. And then I can't use it because it can't connect to the internet because we don't have any Wi-Fi at our house. Mm-hmm. And it was just Wi-Fi uh, only. Yeah, and I was I was like devastated. And I actually no, I wasn't I was devastated, but I was also just enraged. And so I went to like every review site I could find that like listed this product and put like one star reviews on all of it. And it's wow. like it doesn't uh, come with you know the internet adapter. You have to buy that as a separate attachment. If you don't have Wi-Fi, you can't even use this thing. What a piece of junk. I mean, it was. Wait, are you saying you let your emotions take over? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, all the these are my confessions. But see, it's so these great to have that experience because then that, in theory, can let you detach from like knowing if somebody does leave reviews like that on something you've made. There's a sort of empathy there of like, you know what, I've been there. I know what that's like. And that should make it a little bit easier to digest of just being like, yeah. You know, sometimes you just get all caught up, and especially when you're you're young and you don't know how to handle disappointment. I mean, I'm I'm old and I still don't know how to handle disappointment, man. <laughs> the temptations to to leave some bad reviews at GameStop, I tell you. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that, it's it's true. It does give you. Honestly, I I don't even know if I thought about that until you pointed it out there. But it does help to give a level of empathy, knowing what that feels like to be just so upset about one little thing and then going and dragging a whole product down um, because of it. I will say these days, like when I'm reading reviews for something that I want to buy, um, I, I actually, do, and I don't necessarily recommend this for everyone, but I actually don't look at the five-star reviews or the one-star reviews. I go like straight to the four-star ones because I'm like, I know these people are going to give me something that's real, like mm-hmm. that they actually thought about it. Anywhere mm-hmm. in the two to four-stars reviews is like they actually thought about what they wanted to say and then had some had some consideration when they like clicked the little uh, star rating. But like a lot of the five star ones are just like two words and then a lot yeah. of the one star ones are just angry rants. Angry rants, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, been there. Emotionally driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, emotionally driven indeed. Um no, so it does help to give empathy and like and it's also it's nice to know as a creator, like, okay, so this is something that's, like, really, really important to this person that's leaving the review, especially with one-star reviews. Um, but that's where the importance, I think, of, like, collating feedback comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I do a lot of in my job um, as, like, the – I think we call me the QA coordinator, quality assurance coordinator. Mm-hmm. I don't know, head of testing, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, part of my job, a big part of my job is to read over lots and lots of reviews – let's say lots of them are one star. If, if it's a bunch of one star reviews, I want to see if it's like repeated patterns of things that people are saying. Cause if it's just one person that's saying, Hey, this thing doesn't come with an internet adapter. This hmm. is awful. What trash. If it's one person saying that, well, okay, that really ticked them off. But I don't know if that's necessarily representative until I start seeing, Oh, three or four reviews where that's a consistent pattern of some, mm-hmm. somebody mentioning, Hey, this didn't come with an internet adapter. And that's when I would say, I would, you know, go to our team and be like, hey, you know, we're releasing this console, but a lot of people are wishing that there was an internet adapter bundled in with it. Maybe we should consider doing that. Yeah, and there's something really 
cool there in that particular example where you can really make, especially since something like bundling an internet adapter could be a really small lift to make a really big difference. Yeah. Because you can address small, very enraging things that could prevent a lot of the one star reviews, you know, from passionate people. And like that in itself can be kind of useful if hard to take swallow yeah yeah absolutely i love hitting those those points when yeah. you can when you do get multiple reports of the same thing um and when it's a not a big lift and you get to fix that and it just like you know that it has just solved a big grievance for a lot of people it's such a good feeling you're like oh yes like yeah that that was a good fix right there that is something that we did that had high amount of value to it mm, high value is really interesting on the the ones that are like fixes along those lines where hmm. yeah like oh that's pretty easy for us to fix but it looks like it's a pain point for this person oh no these people oh that's a lot of people okay is it easy to fix cool let's go fix it oh, it's yeah. always the ones that are hard to fix yeah and it's this isn't reviews related but it's mm. like when it comes to bugs because like, i do a lot of watching bugs for the games that we put out um and the bug reports when it's something that can fix four bug reports with one fix oh beautiful because it's mm -hmm. i know this is something a lot of people have been seeing versus like one that's like oh yeah that's a real very real bug that you're reporting but only one person's ever noticed it i'm like i'm glad that got fixed but it doesn't it doesn't impact me the same way as yeah as those um multiple report fixes will mm -hmm. i think it's worth uh looking at something where you're kind of touched on a little bit of like uh the scale of a review um, sometimes doesn't always necessarily reflect the uh, holistic value that that person places on the product as much as the um, the impact of their opinion about something. So, like you know, you're talking about like the the internet adapter was so important to you that it led to a one-star review mm -hmm. and without that like the entire product was completely a sour to you um but then otherwise like it would have been really good or whatever and, and i think that's it's worth like holistic views versus um impact scale do you know what i'm saying can you help me expand on it? I think I know what you're saying, but I don't know if I can help expand on it. Okay. Sounds like you're talking about like a really important point to a smaller amount of individuals, but it's so important that it actually changes the product, right? Or the, mm -hmm. the game to be like, oh, this game is literally utter crap because of this one issue that's affecting me um, versus maybe more of the large amount of people like oh you know these are some small things but overall it's really cool but it, they have a different experience with with that game or that product just because of the the importance of that issue to them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something along those lines well i guess yeah. maybe it is let me try this on sort of like the with diablo immortal that came mm -hmm. out and mm -hmm. a lot of people agree that it's a really solid game but they're so <laughs> upset about the monetization strategy that mm -hmm. it's just like you can't get past that. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Or have I, I picked up on maybe. the wrong beats? Like there, there's like, I think that kind of a thing uh, about 
really maybe more like there it's we we've talked about how to deal with uh reviews like that where like there's a specific thing that holds such importance to someone that it sours their entire experience of a game but what about how you handle reviews that are more holistic in nature oh. something that is you know like this entire game um it, you know i can't give it five stars i can only give it four or three because of these broad reaching things like mm-hmm. you know the the art style, the, the movie, something that's like you know this this the, uh, the holistic experience of this whole thing is meh. <laughs> you know, and I think that is I know that's something very near and dear to to our hearts, just because we we put a game out there and we've revised it a number of times because you know we first released into early access where we were really seeking feedback from the audience. And because we didn't have all that much, we were kind of taking every bit of feedback and actioning on it mm. um, just because we we didn't have the numbers to be able to wait for more things to pop up. So we probably fixed a lot of things and changed a lot of direction that we didn't necessarily need to based on one guy's grievances. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was a lesson we learned um, that you don't necessarily have to act on every single piece um, and then as a level designer, I had a, a mentor for a while who was just kind of teaching me the art of how to interpret feedback. Because mm. honestly, a lot of, at least for gamers and probably art appreciators, the, those kinds of things, people who are the, the, um, the customer sees things very, very differently from a developer. Mm. Um, and so where was I going with this? They're, oh, they're going to just put things in different terms than you would think of them in mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, whereas they might say, hey, this game is really buggy. What they might actually mean is that it's not even like glitches in the game. It's just unintuitive controls. And, you, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think that would be the core of somebody reporting a buggy experience. But in our experience, mm-hmm. it, it that was the case. It was like they'd said buggy, but what they meant was it just didn't feel right the the yeah or or even even bad controls can come down to a lot of different factors it could be Mm -hmm. the animations of the character in response to those controls like the the actual physical movement of the character is totally fine but the way the character looks when it moves it's true impacts how you feel about it or even the camera the way the camera moves will change how you feel about how a character moves and all of that can come down can be described with this vague, ooh, the controls feel bad, or ooh, the game feels buggy, yeah. which you interpret as because the controls feel bad, which comes down to any number of reasons. And like so, uh, interpreting the context of a review and really figuring out what's actually happening there, probably one of the most important things you can do when receiving feedback. Yeah, I think you guys both touched on like two really good things there like sammy um it seems like the that gets down to a lot of like vague vagueness um when it comes to writing reviews is that if they if the user doesn't have the right language to be able to specifically identify what feels off or what feels wrong um 
that just makes it, it makes it for a frustrating experience for the user and also a frustrating experience for the creator because they <laughs> don't have anything specific to f- work on. So they might say, this game feels buggy. It's like, okay, that's like, as a creator, you're like, well, shoot, like, I don't know how to necessarily fix that because if, if you don't tell me a specific thing to work on, like, I don't even know what is making it feel buggy for you or what makes it feel off. Um, and then what, Gavin, what you were saying earlier, even before that, seems to have to do with um oh shoot i lost my train of thought there that um not necessarily vague oh but overarching themes um in a, in a review that's kind of hard to like those are hard to fix so that's a really difficult situation because if they say like oh, i don't really like the art style in this game or i don't really like the pacing in this game mm-hmm. mm. that's not something necessarily like we as game creators or as creators of any product can really fix it's almost like something that's baked in to the product um, and without a lot of like completely reworking it can't really be changed it's almost as if you know to go back to that game console example that we were using earlier mm-hmm. it's like if, if I get a game console and I'm like well shoot I don't like this game console because it doesn't also like have a mp3 player in it or like it doesn't also like microwave my food I don't know these are silly <laughs> examples but it's like Technically, the developers could, you know, call a recall. The creators could get a recall, get my console back, and then make every console do that thing, and then send it, send it back. But that's like a that's a huge, yeah, that's a huge undertaking for the creator. And the the piece of feedback I'm providing is almost about the fundamental nature of that um, product itself. So in the same way, to say like, a, oh, like the pacing of this game feels wrong, or like the art style, those might be completely valid criticisms. I'm not not downplaying mm-hmm. them um but it's almost something that's like that's a bummer that's like a good that's good feedback for next time that the creators should take into account but like for this specific product there's not a lot that you can do to really air quotes fix that one of the best things you can do to protect your heart is just remember that you will never please everybody mm-hmm. it's an admiral goal but you will make a sub a worse product trying to please everybody. You should just focus on the people who are pleased and like try to really please them. Uh, And just accept that, you know, some people aren't going to like your art. They aren't going to like your story um, and any of that. Uh, And just kind of, you know, hate is going to (laughs) hate. And that's a reality that, you know, if you can't, it will take practice to come to grips with. Um, and if you don't have to come to grips with it, I mean, honestly, a very valid strategy in like a larger company is just let Ethan handle it. That's what we do. (laughs) Um, and now this may not actually affect. Okay. Um, so I, um, I'm so sorry. Lost my train of thought. This may not affect anybody in this room, but I know one little detail we wanted to talk about as well is how not to get a big head or to like latch onto one review that says really nice things and go, see, he gets it. Um, Mm. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I, I guess really it's just the truth is always in the middle of the extremes and just with that. But if anybody else has any other um, points to guarding your heart in this opposite direction, uh, I'd love to hear it. I think one of the things I wanted to, bring up um in terms of you know feedback and and guarding your heart about the feedback is again remembering you're always going to get the feedback no matter what and so 
choosing when you can get the feedback and how you get that feedback and what you're getting feedback on, like if you can be a little bit proactive about that can really help. Um, and so as an example, like if you don't solicit user feedback until you launch the game, well then a, you, you know, it's often too late to, um, you know, first impressions are a thing. Um, and, and also, you know, all the feedback that you're going to get at that point will be public. Whereas if you are to get some user feedback before you launch it, um, you can control how you get that feedback a little bit better and you can receive that in a little bit more of a private context mm. um, and give you a chance to address that feedback before you get it publicly um, or choose to not address it at all. Um, because, you know, and this is another point of um, making sure that you have an idea of the product that you want to make. And so, like, if you're, to really simplify it, if you're making a bowl of spaghetti and someone uh, leaves a review saying, I didn't like this because it wasn't pizza. It's like, well, you're right. It wasn't pizza. It's valid criticism, and I'm not going to do anything about it. Um, you know, but if someone says, I don't like this bowl of spaghetti because it wasn't spicy enough, and you're like, well, actually, I think I do want to make spicy spaghetti. It doesn't make it any less spaghetti, um, and it caters to this crowd who would like some spicy spaghetti. Then you can do that. Mm. Um, so Add a spicy lever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, like, you know, getting some feedback before it's public can be helpful, but also after you've developed an identity. Because I think as an example with the scout, like one of the things that we did, you know, mm. we launched it in early access. And we didn't before, have an identity. We yet. didn't have an identity yet. Yeah. And so we got a whole bunch of different feedback and we tried to incorporate it all. And it left us with a game that didn't have a sense of identity. And one of the things that we ended up having to do after that fact is pair it back down to a reasonable thing that we could accomplish instead of trying to do a bunch of different things mediocre. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we're running out of time, but Ethan, I believe, had a nice closing thought for us. Just something I was thinking thing. about, honestly, from the top of the show was, like, if I could just give a piece of advice, both to, like, a creator and to, um, a u- like, users that are leaving reviews. For users, I, w- I would say, like, something you may not realize uh, as a piece of advice don't leave reviews that um or uh, well actually no be be cognizant of how much your reviews are read and affect the creators of the product that you're reviewing because i know a lot of times it can feel very what's that there's a human on the other side there's a human on the other side of the screen and it it can sometimes feel like screaming into the void kind of thing of like nobody reads these i don't ever see feedback to these so Therefore, it's just like, nobody cares about this review that I leave. People are reading those. Um, and if you want, by actually, I guess, sub point of that piece of advice, if you really want your piece of feedback to get implemented, the best way, the best way to have that happen um, is to give it in the form of constructive feedback. So have it not just be like the one star, all caps, angry review, but rather be like, hey, here's what I appreciate about the product. I can see that the developer or you know the creator of this product was going for this. Here's my constructive feedback. I really wish they had done this um, instead, and here's why. 
you are far, far more likely to see results. Um, even if they don't like necessarily directly respond to your review, you're far, far more, more likely to influence the creator um, with leading, leaving a review like that that does have constructive feedback. And then for creators, my like piece of advice, if I could just like impart one thing, it would just be be careful of those one-star um, reviews and look for patterns. Um, so whether that's actually one-star or five-star reviews, look for patterns. What, what are people consistently saying that you're doing well or what are people consistently saying are pain points? Because if it's a one-off thing, if one person says they really like this thing or one person says they really dislike this thing, that really could be a flash in the pan. Like it, that might just be a fluke. But if you're seeing multiple people over and over um, repeat the same kind of feedback, pay attention to those. Don't don't just read each review individually in a box, but keep keep in mind the patterns of things that people are saying, yeah. um, and try to act on that. Try to act on the patterns. Yeah, no, that's great advice, and thank you for it. Any other closing uh, advice you'd give to developers or writers, users? Well, one final thought, actually, based on what you were saying, and also Gavin, is know your audience. It's kind of mm-hmm. part of this, like the reviews speaking to um, different points that you thought, oh, well, this this fits or it doesn't fit. It, it comes back to just knowing the audience. Like if you're making this product or game for this type of audience, then, hey, that works. If you're not, then those those reviews should have less weight. Yeah. If you're soliciting feedback... Um, especially if you have an opportunity to give like a, a, a survey or questionnaire or thing, something like that. Don't forget to solicit positive feedback in addition to negative feedback. Knowing what people dislike about your game so you can address it is important. But knowing what people like about your game so that you can highlight that this is what you're mm-hmm. excelling at is also really important. And sometimes you can excel at something so good that they'll excuse the lesser things. I think that's a good point, too, because it also will help you identify what to make sure you preserve while addressing the other feedback, because you can sometimes run a risk of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And if you don't know what people do like and mistake it for part of the problem, you know, you're just going to dig a deeper hole. That's well said, Sammy. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us on for that topic uh we hope you'll tune in again sometime and uh just have a nice week thank you for joining us for today's conversation you can find us online at somasoulworks.org and continue these conversations with our small group curriculum we hope to see you next time and have a great day